0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss.
1: Hey Todd, how's it going, brother?
0: Good, Jeremy. What's up, man?
1: Oh, not too much. You know, I got up this morning, and I I always make my coffee, and we got the little temperature thing, and it was one degree Celsius. (sighs) almost have our first, like, frost of the year. It's crazy, man. It feels, uh, all the leaves are, like, coming off the trees hard. Yesterday, it looked like it was just raining leaves. Big wind came out, and I looked out the window, and it's crazy. Getting ready for it. How are things for you?
0: Uh, you know, just it is what it is. Been a very quiet week.
1: Yeah. Right on. You know, this week I um Have you ever seen those sandblast m- modifications where they you, you basically where the hopper is in the bottom of these blast cabinets, these freestanding sandblast cabinets. There's a little hopper for draining the media. Have you ever seen that? Yeah modification where you take the feed from there i have dude man it is unbelievable like i had this old blast cabinet and i had it for a while and it uses the the standard siphon tube you know like you just stick it in the big pile of media and then it sucks it up from there and it's it's okay it's it's not the best but with this change you have that little extra help from gravity and then most of these there's a a few videos on YouTube where guys will do this. And that's where I got the idea from. And they'll put in a little air mixing valve. So not only are you pulling up, you know, just sand, which is difficult. But you can open this valve and all of a sudden a little air gets in there. And then the sand just flows so much freer. Oh, man, it is. I've never I've never used a sand blaster that works that effectively. It is just like, wow. And I think it was like 30 bucks for all the little fittings. Oh, it was so cool. I did a video on it. Man, that is a game changer, absolute game changer. But I didn't know, too, uh, after I, I did my video, I was looking at comments and, you know, you got a little recommended feed beside. And I think, I don't know if it's Harbor Freight or somebody sells that modification. You can buy it as an add on for these kits.
0: Why not just put it on it?
1: Exactly, exactly. The one I saw this video, this guy was comparing them, though. And the one thing is that the modifications you can buy, they're they're like cast aluminum or something, and they start out maybe as like a one inch diameter, and then it's a it's a conical shape, so it tapers down into like a three eighths exit. And they say the homemade versions actually have way better air mixing because the chamber that it mixes in is better. And then because most people use a one inch steel pipe, and um, it actually gets better flow they say you know it's nice you can just you basically just drill a hole and then it's kind of like a sink flange it's that type of setup and uh man oh it's cool man it's uh I can't believe it I can't believe it I'm pretty stoked about that that was like my big exciting thing of the week <laughs> a $30 a blast candid upgrade exciting times you know what's next
0: Coming in 2024, Ford offers a steering wheel for their cars. <laughs> That's right. What? Yeah. Why? What's wrong with vice groups?
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, it is weird. You know, like so many things. Like even I had that comment a lot when I put my keyless chuck on my, um, on my Milwaukee M12 rotary tool. I bought a Dremel. They make a keyless chuck. It was like $30. You take off the collet that comes with it. And it's the same thread, you thread it on, and now all of a sudden, I don't need any tools to change bits, you know? And so many comments, why on earth don't they do this from the factory? And that that's a good question, you know? Like, I don't know. I guess for depending on what you're doing, but a lot of people are saying those those keyless trucks are just going to fly apart or they say you tighten them down three times and they stop working. And I have not found that to be the case, but... Yep.
0: It's like the same people that, you know... Oh, you know, you need this versus that, right? Mm-hmm. One of the big things right now and has been since, I don't know, YouTube uh, and all these tool test channels that get paid uh, to lie to you. <laughs> if you're not using Milwaukee, you're just a little bitty, Will you quit trying, telling people to buy crap they don't need because, you know, they use their Uh, drill driver or impact you know once a month they don't need a milwaukee Mm -hmm. if you want one if you can afford it buy a gold-plated snap-on don't care yeah but if you're just starting out and you have a family you know that's stealing money from your family yeah at this point just buy what you need you know yeah yeah don't don't nah stop
2: yeah yeah yeah, for sure. So
0: it's infuriating because oh, and you know, work hard, put your years in. Then you're going to be a tool junkie, you know, like a good friend of mine up in uh, up near Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> so-
1: <laughs> Not a tool junkie, Todd. Maybe a little I bit. I think
0: you're tool Addiction is second only, or maybe even greater than your surly addiction.
1: No. <laughs> you know, I mean, you denial need, is the first step. Yeah. You need a, You need tools. Tools get the job done, right? Like,
0: Oh, no, you're absolutely right. I'm just saying, you know, you can't do that when you're 18.
1: No, that's true,
0: 100%. I mean, unless you're Hunter Biden, then you can.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, and it's true. Like when I was young, man, I had junky tools and you use them. uh, You learn quickly, like which ones, there's some tools that you can get away with being junky. And there's some tools that absolutely cannot, you know, you start stripping wrenches out, like tightening stuff and the wrench just goes, that's when it's like, okay, this is, this is not enough of a wrench. I need to put at least a little bit more into this, you know. Um, And then now, uh, did you see the video I did on the sandblast cabinet? Yes. Did you notice I, ha- I have a Milwaukee caulking gun?
0: <laughs> yes, I I, I I was reaching down from my iPad to open up the video, because I watched YouTube on my big screen. Yeah. I was gonna open it up to leave a comment about, uh, uh, so <laughs> how many times a day you use a caulking gun, Jeremy? Do you really need
1: that battery upgrade, <laughs> <coverage> coming <in? laughs> This is the, uh, mm. I, I think it's a second time. It might have, I'm sure I used it once before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did because I was going to put in all the glass stuff at our old house, all the shower and all that. And the people that ended up moving in there, they were taking care of it. We had a contractor do it. But I bought this because I was like, oh, I'm going to need a caulking gun because there's so much caulking to do. And so I went out and bought it. So th- that might have been the first time I've used it. <laughs> but man, it's sure, it sure handy, man. I didn't have to pump my hand like, you know, like what a gem. <laughs> Tool time Tuesday, why you need a a battery operated M18 caulking gun. Yeah.
0: Do you have a problem with Are you a mechanic? Do you have a problem with carpal tunnel?
1: (laughs) That's right. Exactly. (laughs) You need. (laughs) Suffer no more.
0: And, you know, but once you're in a tool brand, especially Milwaukee, there's no reason not to because a good mechanical caulking gun that won't rust in six months
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and it's not going to tear up your caulking tubes and all that. Yeah isn't that far removed from the cost of just a tool alone.
1: No, that's you true. already
0: got this, the batteries Why? Why not?
1: And some other tools are seem to be so much less expensive than others. Like the caulking gun, if I remember, I think it was like one twenty nine, I think, because it's it, it doesn't have to be like a, a crazy, like a brushless motor or something like that. It the motor itself doesn't spin fast. It just kind of runs a gearbox and, you know, it, it seems some of their tools seem cheap, whereas others are like, why is that price so high? Yeah. Like, I want their Dynafile so bad. But it's like 360 bucks for the tool only. I'm like, that's that's a little, and that's Canadian, but that's highway robbery in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Oh, I agree.
1: I'm like, oh, come on.
0: Well, but, I'll even, you know, throw out that uh, Gen X stereotype, just throw it away. I'm going to do something that people don't expect. I think if you're a young person getting into the trades right now, you need a cordless caulking gun. You need it. Can't do without it. You know why?
1: What's that?
0: Because these weak, little, Gen Z, gender-confused people can't operate a manual one they don't have the hand strength because they're afraid if they do it'll just be seen as being toxic
2: yeah
1: you
0: have toxic hand strength
2: yeah how dare you
1: yeah
2: how dare you
1: that's right <laughs> no it's true uh, it's like ay yeah yeah yeah
0: like somebody was uh Oh, I threw no, what, what did he say? One, I, you can't believe it, because he's like, I threw away my framing hammer. Threw it away. Just threw it away. Don't need any more. I have this airless, this air palm sander, or palm nailer. Yeah. No, I agree. They're great. Not going to replace a hammer. Yeah. For everything. That's true. Hey, honey, I need to hang a picture, Hold on, let me get the air compressor.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: We <laughs> put 50,000 holes in the drywall.
1: I've never used a palm nailer before. I have. They good?
0: Yeah, there's a uh, moderate learning curve up front. Okay. But if you, if you understand, you know, impact and you understand nails,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, yeah, hmm. no problem.
1: Right on. That's cool. And
0: one of the things that uh, always cracked me up when I was working as a in construction and then later doing woodworking and stuff, is people thinking, um, oh, man, that little nail isn't going to hold anything. You know, you need a 15-penny. No, you don't. You know why nails have to be that big? It's not because they need to be that big to hold two pieces of wood together. It's to hold up to you hitting them with a hammer. Mm -hmm. You know, 80% of the size of the nail has to do with the force needed to drive it
1: in. You know, I never, ever thought about that.
0: And so that's why, you know, when you get a a framing nailer that's pneumatic, the nails look smaller. Hmm. You know, you're not driving... um, 16 penny nail anymore yeah yeah well why well because you don't need it
1: that makes sense actually Huh?
0: so when people and this is one reason i've always said don't don't be afraid to explain the why to people
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you know there's a place and a time to say "Hey, hey hey later yeah right now we need to get this done i'll explain why later you know Mm -hmm. but 90% of the time there's time Yeah, while you're doing it to explain why because you know the the whole nail is thicker than it needs to be because of the force needed to drive it manually has a lot more lessons there than a thick nail Mm -hmm. you know force you know all that
1: yeah yeah (sighs) that makes sense does that makes sense yeah read on
0: I still remember when uh, my mind was blown as a young lad um, 12 13-ish and uh, I was the guy was teaching me my brother in laws father that just passed away recently he was teaching me how to change brakes on a Ford truck front brakes And he he was explaining why you never just jack up a car and leave it on a jack, put something under it, cribbing, you know, jack stands, but not harbor freight ones. Um, Anyway, you know, he was trying to explain all that. And he's like, you remember, you know, when you learn in school about gravity, Sir Isaac Newton, apple, falling out of the tree, same thing here. You know, would you want the truck to fall out of the tree and hit you on the onion? Hmm. And mm. there must be a lot of legless mechanics out there because it seems like everybody knows one that a truck fell on their legs. Mm. I'm pretty sure. You know, it doesn't happen that often anymore. But yeah, if it even happened that often back then.
1: Hmm.
0: I mean, I know it happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know. And a- I
0: saw a. F-650, you know, single-axle dump truck, fall on a guy. Hmm. We're able to lift it up right away with the with a backhoe, like within a minute, because the backhoe was already there. Hmm. And the dude got up and walked off.
1: Wow. I'm
0: like, wow.
1: Well, yeah.
0: I still need to go to the hospital. Hmm. And they said, we don't know how he was walking on a broken leg, but it happens. Oh, wow. You know, um, you get all that adrenaline.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, Kobe's working. So he's not, he's not going back to school right away. He's taking a year to, to work. Um, yeah, he needs to get a little a dose of reality, I think. But we, uh, he's working, and he's actually working for my dad at Laser Fab start out as a laborer, and of course they give them the, the terrible jobs. And they were doing something. I, I forget exactly what happened, but somebody didn't band down these metal parts on a skid properly. And they went to pick up the the skid with a forklift, and they started sliding, and one of them came and kind of cranked them in the head. Not bad, but cranked them, and it just kind of reminds me, like when you're starting out, it's amazing how ignorant you are to the dangers. And I told him, I said, Kobe, you know what? at any single job you get anywhere you have to watch out for your own safety because you know what the company could have policies in place that could be you know safety 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 and you get one idiot who does the wrong thing and you will pay the price for it and so I was like especially like when you're young in your career like you're just starting out you don't know all the things that can go wrong you don't you don't look at a piece of steel and be like okay there's a lot of instability right there like this thing's going down Set her down. I remember telling people like we'd be lifting stuff up, and this was at an airport in Las Vegas, and we had these contractors. All of them were missing at least one finger, at least, and they were they were terrible. But anyways, I was the only guy from our company. We hired them, and I was a foreman, and they would lift up these things. These things would come off of a truck, and they'd pull them off, and the the load would have shifted. It's a bunch of metal frames. I don't know kind of like three foot by four foot kind of like metal boxes that had rollers in them it was basically a drive unit for a conveyor system and they'd be shifted and they'd pull it down and they wouldn't even set it on the ground they would take metal band they'd take this tin snips and they'd go to cut the metal banding i'm like no no what the hell are you doing and I'd start yelling at them I'm like what do you mean i was like do not cut that banding why i said that thing's gonna fall down and I was like nah you don't know what you're talking about they cut it and wham the whole thing falls down and this happened over and over and over again. Like it's, and that was an education for me. I mean, I got really good at judging whether something's going to fall off as soon as you cut the metal bandings that are supporting it. But, you know, it's, it's like that with when you're starting out, you know, you just don't know. And it's amazing how, I, I, yeah, dangerous it can be, right? Like like the more experience you have, you just kind of like, you can see the dangers there and you know how to work around them. But um, I just told Kobe, I said, you watch out, man. I said, honestly, like a lot of young people on the job sites end up getting severely maimed or injured because nobody's looking out for your safety. That's on you. So hopefully he takes that to heart. I also told him, I said, if they ever get you to drive uh, a truck as well and a trailer or anything, I said, it doesn't matter who loaded that trailer and who strapped that trailer. You check it. Because if anything happens, legally you're the one responsible. It's the driver of the vehicle that takes full responsibility for the condition of the load, you know? So fun fun. Yeah,
0: it's it's fun. a it's a shame that, you know, slapping straps and slapping chains is a meme now. Mm-hmm. Um that's what you gotta do.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, really. Yeah. Uh one of the things that it and it really is a like a balancing game? You know, you own a business. Should you be liable for everything that your employees do or happens to them? No. Some? Maybe, I, you know. mm mm-hmm. um, I know somebody who works at OSHA, and I was talking to him a while back, and I'm like, you know, I just don't get A lot of what OSHA does, I don't. Um, It affected me greatly back when I was working on airplanes, and I think it's just they don't need to be a parent, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What you need to do is make sure that uh, a company or an organization or a government agency – understands the dangers inherent to whatever it is their mission is, Mm
2: -hmm. right?
0: And based on those dangers, you know, take reasonable precautions as necessary. Make sure that if you're working in a noisy environment, make sure that your employees have hearing protection available to them. Mm -hmm. If they don't wear it, Document it and that way; they can't sue you for hearing loss later.
2: Mm-hmm, Yeah,
0: but you know,
1: no, I I agree. Like, yeah, and it's it's so funny like people just want to come after the company, and it's like, well you know there are certain times if they said okay you have to do it this way and it ends up being a dangerous way and somebody gets injured yeah that's the company's responsibility right like i've worked for guys that had me doing ridiculously dangerous stuff and it not that i would have i mean i was too young i didn't even think about it like i mean i got injured on the job i I fell off of a shipping container i fractured my jaw like three complete breaks there's two complete breaks on the right side of my jaw one on the left and he didn't want to drive me to the hospital and all I had at the time was a motorbike and my head was puffed up. Like my jaw was sticking out past my ear and he's like, just get yourself back and try and be back before breaks over. And I was like, I can't even put my helmet on and, uh, took me to a walk-in clinic, dropped me off and left. <laughs> and so, I mean, I've worked at places where, yeah, that, you know, that guy should be liable and responsible. I mean, he shouldn't be in business is what, is what shouldn't happen, but. At the, and then other times where it's like, it, sorry, man. Like, like we provide safe uh, guards for our equipment. We do this and this, and you're an idiot, and you got hurt. It's on you, man. Yeah, 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 Ay ay ay. But yeah, no, it's yeah. uh, it's interesting.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Yeah, it's look. Oh, I, I gotta sneeze. One sec. Oh, excuse me thank goodness for a mute button have you seen the okay back just going to the milwaukee tools again the the file thing the dyna file have you seen when guys do their own diy versions of that
0: i don't know that i have
1: um so basically you buy the milwaukee m12 cutoff tool you know those little ones that have the three inch blade yeah. And essentially you just take that and then you take one of those pneumatic Dyna files, just a cheap one as you can get, you can get them for like 30 bucks. And then they say, usually what you'll have to do is machine or 3d print some type of a ring adapter because the, basically the file part, it'll just bolt right on. Oh, and then you have to make like a little drive wheel. And I've been thinking about doing that for a long time. Cause I'm like, that would be so easy. And they work great. Like they're variable speed and. You know, and then like the cutoff tool is one hundred and eighty nine bucks, and the file, the one that I would want, is the eighteen inch is three hundred and sixty nine dollars. That's crazy difference. But then again, I'm like, you know what? To make that modification, I didn't
0: know. I'm looking at a M twelve half by eighteen uh, for two forty nine.
1: That, oh, you guys got it made there. Yeah, half by 18 here is 368 Canadian. Here, I'm going to just do this. So 249 USD. So that's 335 Canadian. And we're paying 368 so it's a little cheaper for you guys there. But even that seems like an expensive tool for what it is, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm like, Wow,
0: but I mean, right next to it there's a uh an industrial quality uh dyna braid dinophile for six hundred and forty dollars yeah, yeah, and it's amazing how expensive uh some air tools can be,
1: yeah. Is that one of the Dyna? Because isn't there like a Dynophile brand? Yeah, yeah, those ones are nice. And some of them actually the have you seen the ones where the belt actually changes direction? Yep, those are cool. I want one of those just because it to me that is such a cool looking tool. You know what I think would be fun? It's hard to do here, but if I had, uh, it'd be cool to collect vintage tools like like from the 50s and 60s and stuff you know like old pneumatic tools if you could find them in nice shape some of them were so cool you know some of almost had like art deco styling to them and made like tanks that'd be kind of fun start a tool museum a vintage tool museum
0: yeah then you realize why we don't use that anymore you know case grounded electric tools.
2: Yeah. That's
0: right. <laughs> Turn it on. Hey, hey Bob. What? Come here. Hey, try <laughs> this, man. It's cool. Oh, what is it? It's an old-fashioned electric drill. Older than your mom. Go ahead, try it. Ah! <laughs>
1: that's right. That's right. Oh, the good old days when people were tough, eh? <laughs> right on.
0: Yeah. When my, um, when the old uh, antichrist, my father was teaching me how to do drywall when I was a little kid, um, his drywall screw gun was kind of like that, but probably because the brushes and the holders and shit were all wore out, right? Mm-hmm. So just randomly while you're trying to drill, uh, drive. G- drywall screws you'd get shocked
2: oh wow
0: <laughs> and you're like nine <laughs> i'll give you something to cry about shut up
1: yeah
0: give me a beer
1: <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: oh. Oh, well, yeah. that's crazy <laughs> huh yep yeah.
0: I, one of the funniest things i, I see because it sums up a halt an awful lot an awful lot growing up at a certain time in our history, it's like, say anything you want to, Timmy, you can't scare me. I held a flashlight for my dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's right. That's right. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so I'm kind of excited. Um. My parents, they, so they had the T-Bird up on their lift. Speaking of working on things, um, on the car lift and they didn't know where the keys were for the longest time. And the T-Bird was sitting like a foot off the ground, but now they found it and they, they drove it around for a few weeks, but they're heading out. They've gone off flying, So they're going to Ontario and then they're going to go into Vermont, Maine. Uh, mom's going to visit. There's a bunch of Bradfords in Maine, like my mom's family, going to go visit them. And then they're just going to make their way down the East coast and then Maybe hit to Nassau and cruise around there. So they don't know if they're gonna be gone for a month or two. They just it was it's kind of funny. They just loaded up their little airplane. I drove them to the airport on Tuesday and they just loaded up their plane. They got their little folding electric bikes on the back and off they go. Just do some touring. But
0: they taking the new airplane?
1: Yeah, yeah, they took that one. That thing is a nice airplane, man. It is Oof. you sit inside and it's like, wow, okay. This is I
0: saw the a picture on social media of you in an airplane hangar. Yep. I was like, ah, oh, mom and dad must be going.
1: Yep. I was just dropping them off. <laughs> Cause they, uh, the
0: Bradford's all East coast.
1: Yep. Yeah. And then I guess there's like a Mayflower, I don't know, exhibition museum, there's something there. Um, they want to go see that. Cause there's like, basically one of my mom's great, 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 grandfathers, I don't know how many generations back, was William Bradford, who's like the religious leader of the Mayflower, kind of led that whole movement, and so she's a direct descendant of him, and so she's never been there, or maybe not for a while, but she wants to go check it out and visit family and stuff, so yeah, man, that's cool, but I'm I'm kind of stoked because they, he brought back the T-Bird, wants to keep it, he might sell it, but he has no good place to keep it right now. And um but he left the keys on the seat. So now anytime I need to do vehicle work, I've got a lift. And I'm just so stoked about that. I do I do enough maintenance. Like I, I do all the work on our vehicles. And what do we got? Four vehicles. And they're all old. Right. Like our van, I was driving it the other day. The kids drive the minivan. And I didn't realize, but is it like I think it's like three hundred and four thousand kilometers on it? And I'm impressed like it still runs it it burns a little oil not enough that you can see it when it's running but I can notice it between oil changes that it's gone down more than it ever did but man that's a for Chrysler Town & Country 302,000 or whatever it is and it's still running great and I haven't other than regular maintenance like I've done wheel bearings shocks I've done once it needs shocks again at the back but I'm amazed with that vehicle, especially with me behind the wheel. Like I drive things hard, you know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't take it easy on my vehicles, and it's going pretty good. But I do enough maintenance, and I'm getting so sick of, tired of like lifting up vehicles, jack, putting the jacks under, and blah 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 blah. So to be able to just drive up, put it on a hoist, and lift it up, I am stoked about that. It'll be kind of nice, a luxury I've never had. But again, I, I don't know, man. I The first few times I use it, I'm going to be pretty nervous. I know that. You know? Because it just doesn't seem right to be in a shop, and this isn't like a professional shop, and it's just like lift up a vehicle and walk underneath it. That's a good idea. <laughs> kind of makes me nervous.
0: Eh, I mean, if you set it down on the locks, just fine.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I think this one was rated, I don't know, was it 10,000 pounds or f- I forget when when my dad put it in there, he wanted to be able to work on like a one ton pickup. So he bought, he bought bigger than, you know, what a lot of people will put in. So that'll be nice.
0: I think the, <clears throat> the biggest danger to using a lift is not, you not, not working under it and the thing just, and the lift itself collapsed. It's. Mm-hmm putting it, the vehicle on the lift incorrectly Mm -hmm. and it tipping one way or the other front back or sideways. Yes. Yeah. And how somebody gets a a vehicle to flip sideways on a lift. (laughs) Why? How?
1: (laughs) I forgot to put the supports on the left side of the vehicle. (laughs) No, it's on the door. (laughs) Uh, Now
0: I can see if, well, no, I can't even see that. that (laughs) But if the car or truck is so rusty, you pick it up, and then the, you know. The arms go right through the, pinch welds because they're all rusted out. But you should have seen that when you were putting it on the lift. But yeah. So many people just. Duh.
1: It's true, hey.
0: Especially now.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <clears throat> oh yeah. We had, uh, we did another sous vide brisket. <laughs> well, sure. I
0: just did a, uh, uh, the other thing. Smoked brisket? No, nah, I did a prime rib.
1: Not oh, right on. Right on.
0: I had my brisket still in the bottom of the freezer. mm I'm going to wait till it gets, um... I might do a brisket for Christmas or Thanksgiving.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, we do brisket every Christmas. That's our new tradition. I've been doing it for like four or five years. And I like it. I like brisket on a Christmas better than turkey. Cause, you know what? We have Thanksgiving, and it's like, that's always got to be turkey. Turkey and ham. And so it's like, I don't know. I'm not a, not, I don't love turkey. I don't know if anybody actually really does. But, uh. I like the brisket.
0: I got, uh, I like ham. hmm So, I never have been a big turkey fan. You know, I'll, I'll eat it. It's not that I don't like it. It's just, it's kind of like our, the chickens nowadays. They don't taste like chicken mm-hmm. anymore. And turkey is just, we don't eat wild turkey. We eat that white. Mm-hmm. Animal that's mass produced and it just. Yeah. Different.
1: Yeah. No, I agree.
0: Like, one of these days, I want to have a goose. Never had goose.
1: Oh, really? I don't know if I've, I've had Canadian goose, like wild shot goose. But yeah, I wonder what that would be like. It's greasier meat. At least a Canadian goose was. It's kind of. The meat is almost oily, and that might just be Canadian geese, like a wild goose, but it is definitely different, and I could see I could see if there's some people that would try that meat and be bothered by it, because, yeah, I don't know. It's a little different. I I really liked it, though. I remember I had one guy I worked with invited Stefano over for dinner once, and we had goose, we picked pellets, BBs, out of the meat as we ate it, <laughs> and then... I don't know. A couple of years ago, I shot one <clears throat> when we were living in our fifth wheel. Uh, it was season, and they were pretty active, like for about a day. And so I thought, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be ready for them. So I got my tags and all that stuff, and I, I underneath the trailer, I had a little access thing, and I kept my shotgun in there. And I was inside having breakfast, and all of a sudden, I just heard all this honking, and I ran outside. <laughs> I was still in my pajamas. I ran outside, grabbed my gun, boom. <laughs> Dropped one and we had it for dinner. It's great.
0: I'll tell you that's something we don't see anymore. Um, and it used to be the richer you were, you would have these things, and they were a little dish. Generally speaking, they were they were shaped like a leaf, but they were cupped. It was real tiny, about the size of a tablespoon, right? Mm-hmm. And they would you would put it next to each plate. You know, when you're setting out the dishes and you'd have wild game, you know, whatever it is, from fowl to uh, venison, whatever, right? Yeah. And as you're eating, you hit a piece of shot, take it out, and you put it on that little dish.
2: Really?
1: Yep. That's crazy. I've never heard of that.
0: Yeah, a lot of people haven't. I saw it on a, there was a historical documentary. And they tried. Um, they actually lost money on this thing because they tried to be as accurate as possible. Hmm. And even though it doesn't translate from film to the audience, even the people, even the actors, didn't bathe the entire documentary. No, oh, wow. They only you know wiped off like you would back then, and wow, uh, they they built uh A cabin set simply you know so it was just like it was then Hmm. it was lit like it was back then and uh i saw those and they were using them so i did some research and oh yeah that was a thing and now that i know what they are i remember in some museums i've been to where you saw place settings they're there yeah and you're like, what in the world is that little thing? Now I know.
1: That's cool. Now I know too. Interesting. Yeah, I guess you know. It used to be more common, like, yeah. You think even go back a hundred years. You know, it, it was it wasn't a weird thing necessarily to have a wild shot animal for dinner. You know what I mean? Now uh, very common. Yeah. It,
0: unless you lived in a city, mm-hmm. you know, like New York or something, but. Um,
1: and now it's like, man, you know, if, if, if somebody serves you an animal that they've harvested, that is, that is quite the honor. Cause most folks like to, that meat seems more valuable to me so, and, and to the people that hunt. It's like, you know what? I, I went out, I worked hard and I got this animal. And so it's like, you know, we're going to enjoy it on this certain day or whatever, you know, but never thought about that, you know? It's a little bit go in history, it was like common to be picking balls, shot balls out of your meat. <clears throat> you did that nowadays, people would be offended.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, you're supposed to dig through it, and no, yeah. I don't want don't dig through my meat. You you know, I yeah. got it. Yeah, it was very common with stuff like rabbit. Mm. But I know when it, the first time I ate rabbit. Um, over in England, I had steel shot in it, and you're like, "They're like, be careful."
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: We know you Yanks don't do this. Well, we do, but we shoot it with a 22. Yeah, if only yeah. one.
1: That's right.
2: Yeah, and no, you
0: shoot it with you know number 50 shot that has 200 microscopic freaking steel shots in it.
2: Yeah. Uh, no kidding, eh? Uh, yeah, and it seems yeah.
0: a little. Much to be shooting a rabbit with a shotgun. Yeah. I don't care what it is. It just seems a bit much to me. Mm-hmm. Especially when I've, you know.
2: Yeah. I agree.
0: Uh, shot little bunnies with a twenty-two. mm Mm-hmm. Uh, headshot, good to go. Don't, don't ruin anything.
1: Yep. Yeah, it just seems like a better way all around. I mean, easier? I don't know.
0: But I get it. You know, you just put in a whole the whole day at the sawmill, and you need to shoot something on the way home. Yeah, that's true. Or your wife has to go out. You know, whatever.
1: Yeah. yeah. Boom. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah. Isaiah the other night, either, they're at the church, and the, the church is. It's funny because it's in this. It's in the northeast. Well, well, no, not quite. I think, I don't know. It's right on Center Street um, or Edmonton Trail, whatever. And it's kind of an industrial area. There's a lot of, like, all the shops around it are, like, specific, like, German automobile repair shops. And so it's kind of like this really industrial area of the town vibe. But it's all, like, BMWs parked outside these shops, Mercedes. Uh, very often, if you go there in the day, you'll see like Ferraris sitting on the street, Lamborghinis on the street. It's kind of like a little. The whole area is basically automotive, and and not your run of the mill automotive. But the church has this huge parking lot, and there's a lot of rabbits. And the other night, <laughs> there's a rabbit running by. <laughs> Isaiah caught one. <laughs> he caught a little jackrabbit in his hands, and then I don't know how he's he's running along the building. He's chasing it, and it came to a corner, and it. Kind of went to go backwards, and he just reached out and grabbed it. And so they got these pictures. They're passing it around to all these kids. All these city slickers never held like a rabbit before. Like (laughs) wow! But I'm like, come on. Oh yeah. Should have shown him how to skin a rabbit real quick and cook it up.
0: Oh God, make somebody um have trauma the rest of
1: their (laughs) These city kids. (gasps) Oh, well, they taste great. Tastes just like chicken. It's funny. Yep, yep. You know, we had um, we had this brisket with some friends that came out, and they have five, six little kids. And they're mostly all younger. I think their oldest is a year younger than Ava. Or, yeah, it's their oldest. And their youngest is 11 months old. Um, but, man, they loved coming out and running around. They live out of the city, too. Um, and Yeah, it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. And I did the, so we did the brisket sous vide, and then I got my my charcoal grill, my ceramic cooker. I had that sucker at 600, and so I took it out of the sous vide bag and then throw it on there, and it, in like a minute and a half, had a really nice, nice char on the outside. It was so good. Oh, man. I don't, I don't. I don't really. I think any meat you take and do it really low and really slow. If you have the time, it is just wow, crazy.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you know, I I'm coming around on this whole boil in the bag thing.
2: Are oh, ya? Yeah? Have yeah. you have you
1: tried it yet?
0: Oh no. I'm, I'm warming up to the idea.
1: Yeah. See, it is weird. Like, and I would never serve it out of the bag. Cause it just looks weird. It just looks like, you know, like you've got this meat and it's, but like when I was pulling it out as the whole brisket, I had to like, it was very, it was quite hot, but I had to support the whole thing with both hands. And then it was too big to cut against the grain of the meat. My, my knife wasn't long enough. And so I literally, I grabbed it and I, I lifted a half of it up and it just fell on two pieces and it just beautifully tender. And then when we do it, like we, we cut, when you do sous vide brisket, we cut almost all the fat off, you know, quite different than when you're, when you're smoking it, you don't want to leave, you know, you still leave a decent half inch to, you know, three quarter inch of fat on, on the brisket when you're going to smoke it. But when you sous vide it, you get it all gone. You just, and it's crazy because the juices of the meat don't depart from the meat. They just stay, you know, stay on it. And you cook it like that. It's just, but you definitely need to to do something to the outside. It's nice to char it up somehow. And we do steaks, we throw them in a just a hot skillet, you know, just give them a nice sear. But then it is the craziest thing. Like if you like your steak medium, you know, from the very edge through the entire piece of steak to the other edge is medium. It's just weird. Used to seeing, you know, medium in the middle and then kind of gets a little darker on the outsides. You know, it's just, it is kind of trippy when you first see it and you cut into a piece of steak and like, wow, that's weird. But it works. It does work. <sighs> got any plans for the weekend?
0: Yeah, I got some plans today.
1: No, oh, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> sound like fun.
0: <laughs> uh, well, you know, what I can say is just appearing in court via remote hookup uh, for an old employment issue. Uh, the person that we fired when I worked for ICE has been trying to sue me for, I don't know how long, five, six, seven, eight, nine years. Yeah, I think the... Statute has told. That's crazy. Um, And she's failed at this so many times. And I don't know why the court has allowed it except to, you know, try to explain to her why she can't do this. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: Crazy.
0: And it's just wasting people's time. That's all it is. Yeah. Time and money. And right now, when we're facing a government shutdown again because politicians are all stupid.
1: Really? So you guys are looking at that right now?
0: Yeah. If we don't get a budget or a continuing resolution, um, government shuts down Saturday night at midnight tomorrow
1: Wow. And so. What- oh,
0: not the whole government. You know, because the government's going to shut down. Well, except for all of those agencies that are exempt and all those other jobs that are exempt. I'm like, really? Hmm. My wife is angry because um, energy is exempt. Oh, really? And every job in the agency is exempt. That's stupid. You hmm. know, like when I worked for Homeland Security. Yeah, the agents were exempt, but you know, people that worked in the office weren't.
2: You know? Oh, really?
0: You had you got furloughed and sent home. You know, uh, the at, in the customs, of course, the border guards are uh, exempt, and they go to work. But the HR people are fired, you know, yeah. furloughed. Yeah. Like.
1: That is weird. In
0: Department of Energy, every single employee is exempt. Really? Wow. Are they?
1: That's crazy, hey?
0: Yeah, oh, way crazy.
1: Hmm. Well, wow. So what happens, like, if the government were to shut down, like, does, is it like just processing things like land titles stuff, stuff like that just halts or? or well, what? no,
0: all of that's local. This is the federal. Oh, government. okay. So, you know, the courts continue to run. It, just the, your normal run of the mill nuts and bolts government stops oh, okay. until they can come up with either a continuing resolution or a budget, and then people come back to work and then they get back pay. No. Oh. So you get a paid vacation oh, wow. because, um, in, I think the this has happened so much in my lifetime. It, every politician should be fired. Every one of. Them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't care if you had anything to do with it or not. <laughs> Object <laughs> example, you're fired.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, all of the people that come after you learn a lesson.
2: You know? Yep. That's funny. Yep,
0: yep. And, you know, I went through two or three in a very short period of time during the Obama administration. And, you know, you sit home for almost a month, went on vacation. um, They passed a resolution, came back to work, got paid for the whole month off. wow. But then you have a month of work.
1: Yeah, to catch it, up on, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, well. Wow. Sorry, I'm just plugging my computer. Um
0: yeah. I had my uh my representative, I went to a meeting when I was still in Maryland and uh after the last shutdown that whole month long one, they're like, "You know, you know what where did you work? How were you affected by the shutdown? And I told him, he's like, well, you know, how do y'all plan to, you know, dig out, out of the backlog, but send it all to your office. It's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> you did not appreciate that at all. It's funny, but it's true.
1: Yep. You know, that's why I always, when I worked in an office, I know I always, I loved going on a vacation, but when I got back and it, it didn't matter what happened, like, you know, we like, I was a project manager and we had other project managers. We had like other people that were in like the design department that were capable of project management. You know, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. You just have to be able to, you know, organize things. And I would hand things off, like, okay, this job's happening. I, you know, just check in with these guys. I made sure that all the purchasing was done ahead of time because we had to come up, you know, we had to buy everything for the jobs, all the gearbox. I made sure all that was done. And it was just little stuff like, okay, all these daily reports, when they email them, they're going to email them to you instead. And you need to just do this and this and then blah, 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 blah. And you get back and all the stuff that you asked other people to do. And it was small things like, listen, can you take a half hour or an hour of your day and do this while I'm gone? And that's how things were supposed to be set up. Like that, that was kind of the understanding. And I would do things for them when they'd be gone, but they, it never got done. And you'd get back and it's like, oh yeah, no, I don't know where these are. It's like, where are the daily reports for the last two weeks? Like we need to give these to the, to the airport, you know, to, to control progress. Oh, I don't know where those are. And it's like, it seemed every time I got back from vacation, it's like, sorry, honey, I'm going to be working late for the next several nights. (laughs) You know, just, um, sometimes there's, sometimes it was so bad that I was like, I don't even know if it's worth a vacation, you know?
0: Yeah. I've never been a vacation guy and that's why.
1: Hmm. I like vacations like there's they can be so refreshing and stuff. But, man, you know, the best if if you have a job, like an office job where you're responsible, they suck. If you're just an hourly employee, like when I worked at San Joe, it was great because, hey, listen, I'm not I'm not here for these two weeks. I'm going on a cruise, whatever. Come back. It's not like you got to make up for lost time. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you when I left, we were working at this stage of this of this build. Oh, now we're almost done. Cool. It's so much better. I don't know. What's that? You
0: know, I, I just had seen it always, unless I was the guy I left at work, kind of like you said, you know, you would help people out, but then you go and none of your work gets done. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, screw you next time. Yeah. But uh, I, on top of that, for the first 10 years I was in the military... I love my job so much. I would have just lived at work hmm. if I didn't have a family. Mm-hmm. And I'm not joking. You know, working on airplanes was one of the best things I've ever done in my entire life. Hmm. And if I could still do it, I'd still be doing it. Hmm. Um, it, it was just, I mean, I don't know, just something you're, you are just feel meant to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Um now did I make a fortune doing it? Absolutely not. In fact, the the jobs I've loved the most, I was dirt poor, almost homeless.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: the job I hated the most made me pretty comfortable. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, let well, that be a lesson to everybody.
1: It's funny how that works, isn't it?
0: <laughs> but you know, now is it always that way? Absolutely not. I know a very rich guy cannot wait he hates going to sleep hmm. because he likes what he does so much that's crazy you know he works with family so that's a a thing i'm like i don't know how you do that yeah no I'm, kidding jesus
1: that's something- nah, and
0: well actually what i told him was i don't know how your family does that yeah i'm just your friend and i can't stand you yeah <laughs> No, he's a great guy, but I don't know. I honestly don't know how his family works with him. I don't because he's a lot like me. He's a workaholic and a perfectionist, mm. and but unlike me, he doesn't expect that of other people. Mm. It's taken me a long time to not expect that from my work ethic uh, from other people.
2: Huh. Mm. Yeah.
0: Because I never thought anything, there was anything special about me. So why can't you do this?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, what are you, stupid? Yeah. Don't answer. It was rhetorical. Yeah. You know.
2: <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> no, yeah, I, yeah. I,
0: you know, hated, every, hated almost every day in the office. Almost every day. <clears throat> Not that I hated office work, because there were days... When the work was fulfilling, still didn't like it. Mm -hmm. Um, Days you go to work, weeks you go to work, you work on one case, you help get some scumbag convicted, and you're like, we actually changed the way the world is going to be tomorrow, Mm. at least for a small fraction of the population that this idiot would be interacting with. And I still hated it, Mm. you know. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about, you know, you're you're losing weight, you're feeling a little bit better, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. So what is it you want to do with your free time, Todd? You know, Mm -hmm. um, because what you wanted to do five years ago is not necessarily what you want to do now because it just doesn't make sense. Mm Um, what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know. Hmm. I don't
2: know. That's
1: interesting.
0: I still want to work with my hands, and I don't need money. So what I think I'll do is something I've always been in the back of my mind, and that's you know look search out things that are still needed in the world hmm. that are not in the greatest of shape, restore them and resell them.
2: Hmm.
1: That'd be cool. That's a good idea
0: doesn't matter what it is you know because i've done old uh garden wagons to uh i didn't know anything about like two wheel horse drawn coaches
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i restored one to, oh wow um because the things that you have to do to restore the coach is what you need to know yeah you know Working wood turning, woodworking, you know, um, iron work, you know, understanding what the right uh, hardware to use is, and then how to find out what the right hard, you know. Yeah. So research, working with your hands, things like that. Yeah. You can restore just about anything if you can read and then work with your hands.
1: That's true, eh? Never, yeah, no. Do You
0: have the uh, an. Above average or average mechanical acumen, and you can read and comprehend. You know, mm-hmm. are you going to restore the space shuttle? I don't know. Maybe you could.
1: Oh, yeah. No, it's true.
0: It looked funny in that one O ring, though.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> not it's, too soon? No, not too <laughs> soon. <clears throat> it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know it's interesting too, like what the kids, and the other thing, like I asked, I asked Kobe, I said, are you sure you want to be a commercial airline pilot? Like uh, this program you're doing is wildly expensive and like just a few years ago, we bought our first house and that was less money than this education, this course he's doing. And I'm like, you better want it and you better want it bad. I, and, and even just we noticed in some of the things he was saying, the way he's acting is what we weren't entirely convinced that he knew for sure this is what he wanted. And so we asked him, is this? I think so. I said, okay, right there. Those three words, I think so. That's going to hit the pause button on things because we're not going down this road unless you're certain. And I said, here's the nice thing. It's like you just did a year of Bible school. That's good. That's a good foundation no matter what you go to do. And I said, if now's a good time to take a pause and you can go get a job and, you know, get a sense of what reality's like and, and then think about it. You know, I said, there's so many other jobs and careers out there. And I said, the other thing too, is that if you, if you love airplanes and you're passionate about airplanes and you turn it into a job, it might change. And my parents know a lot of pilots now, like my dad's got, he's got over 500 hours now which is a lot because he only got his license like, what, a year or two ago? And, uh, and he says, you know, I know a lot of airline pilots that loved it. They get it. And after about 10 years, he said, I don't even want to go out with my small plane anymore for fun. Like, all I do is fly airplanes. And I said, you just, if, if you want to be, if, if you want to get your private license and fly recreationally while you have another job, I said, because I don't, work is work is work. And I don't care what you do. There's going to be a point where it's not going to be just sunshine and rainbows, you know. And I said, if you can learn to enjoy work for what it is. At the end of the day, you know, it's especially physical work. You work hard. At the end of the day, you're tired. And when you lay on be- on your bed, you feel like, oh, this, that was a good day. I've earned my rest for tonight, you know. And um, even talking with Isaiah, like what he wants to do. And I said, you know what? There's so many options out there um, you know, like find something like, like, I don't, you'll never, I I guess if like, I've never found something that I just love, love, like for me, making knives is just a job. Now I was thinking about this yesterday. I was grinding knives out. I was like, huh, I just, I try and get some, see if I can get a few more done, you know, in a day. And then I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm, this is fully a job for me now. it, it like when I'm done, the last thing I want to do is think about knives, you know, it's not like I'm like at the end of the day, I'm scrolling Instagram, looking at all these knives and stuff. It's like, no, that that's, <laughs> I need something else, but yeah, I know. That's
0: why if I do what I was thinking about doing, I will not be involved in the selling.
2: Mm.
0: I'll let Danette do that. And I, what I'll do is I'll keep track of what we have in it. Mm-hmm minus my time and cause you'll never make money in 2023 selling your time doing stuff like that. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, you could, I don't know. You just can't.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Hey?
0: You know, uh, and cause everybody I know that turned their hobby into a, uh job that has good sense hate it now Mm. is a hobby Mm -hmm. they'll have another hobby because their hobby became their job and it's stressful Mm -hmm. um because if that's what you're depending on to pay your bills and uh, you know sorry no somebody was talking uh they started youtube as a hobby yeah something enjoyable because they took you know filmmaking in college whatever right mm-hmm. and you know they started making money at it then they're like oh i can make this my job and then they quit their job and now youtube's their career and then 2017 happened all the way up to now and they're like this sucks
2: <laughs> you
1: know? yep yeah <clears> 100 percent <throat> And it, it, it's kind of what happened to me, like I started making YouTube because it'd be fun and then also make money and then, yeah, I, I don't know if you just get jaded along the way, but now it's kind of like, I'm like, well, the part of me that just wants to shut it down entirely and be like, I'm, I'm done. Then there's also a part, I was like, you know what, there's a lot of great people I've met and a community that I'm involved with and that would not have happened if I didn't pick up that camera and start making videos. You know, so in a certain sense, I'm like, I, I don't know, don't want to turn my back on something that's given me so much. But then I'm also kind of like, you know what? Whether I want to make a video or not, if you want to keep the checks coming in, because I, I still get paychecks and it's, it's not like full time income, but I'm not complaining about it. Like, it, it makes a difference, the the YouTube income. And I'm like, if I still want this to come in, I still need to go film stuff, need to make videos. But the, the problem I have with YouTube is that there's no recipe for success you know if I make a knife I can be like okay here here here's a fairly common style knife people like this knife I can make it I can heat treat it properly put the sheath on it sharpen it up and it's a pretty sure thing that that's going to sell right it's not like I'm like wow I wonder if this thing will ever sell and then I make a knife shaped like a banana and it sells like hot cakes And then I make a banana shaped like an apple, nobody buys it. And it's not like I'm sitting and going, what do you do with knives? I don't know how to, I don't know what, how to make knives work. That's how it is with YouTube. What's going to be popular. What's going to, what are people going to watch? Who knows? Because you got this silly wishy-washy algorithm in the background. I think that's the number one thing that has me jaded with doing YouTube is that it's, you know, the things that worked in the past, they don't work now.
0: Well. And YouTube is way too silent for it not to be uh, something that they're doing on purpose.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. The more reason they can come up with not to give you money but still give you a platform to post videos and then they still put ads on your videos, even if they demonetize it, Mm -hmm. you just don't get money for it. Um, That's more revenue for them. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know the and, f- the funny thing believe is, believe
0: me, that's what it's about.
1: Yeah, but see, the funny thing is, I'm getting less views than ever, but I'm my my revenue is actually going up. Like I'm actually making more money on YouTube than I have in the last five years.
0: Because when an advertiser, as I understand it, when an advertiser, all the way back to, um, the Mad Men days of advertising it's how many minutes or seconds of view time per click
2: Mm -hmm.
0: not you know how many ad minutes per total it's because you want a set of eyes looking at it for a certain amount of time Mm -hmm. to justify your ad revenue Mm -hmm. or your ad dollars so even if you have fewer people watching it if they're loyal watchers and they watch the whole video and don't click through ads you get more money
1: yeah
2: yeah
1: yeah that might be it because
0: and now they're saying that oh well we don't like it because we don't know that there's a real person watching they could just start a uh playlist and go to work
1: yeah
0: you started that youtube
1: yeah yeah exactly (laughs) what's funny like my kids if they ever go like was a, I was banging, picking up a photo printer the other day. And so we are at um, Staples, which is like, do you guys have Staples? Yeah, you do. Of course you do. Staples Center in LA. So we're in Staples and um, the kids go and they turn on all the iPads and they go to YouTube and they start playing my YouTube videos. <laughs> and I, don't, I don't know why. They've always done it ever since they've been little. If we go into the Apple store to get something, they always, as many things as they can, they have simple little life playing in there. It's It's kind of funny, but I was like... Those and they're like, does this count as views for your channel, Dad? I'm like, I think so. I'm like, okay, we'll give you some views. And so they go around. They're, they're doing it to help me out, you know. They start when they're little; it's really cute, and they still keep doing it just for fun. But um, I know, and it, it's like, and really, in in the scheme of things, like, how many people are going to bother? Like, it's not like there's these these watch farms, you know. Like you can buy these subscriber farms and stuff. It's yeah. not, it's not like these watch farms in whatever country where you pay them and they're like, or or maybe there is, I don't know, but I don't know. They protect themselves against all that stuff. Meanwhile, they, the, the real life human being creator who's making this stuff, they're like, well, that it comes at your cost. Oh, well, you know what I mean?
0: Well, this new problem is that, oh, there's, we can't tell if it's a, a viewer farm or random traffic so we're just not going to pay you yeah what yeah right (laughs) you know two years ago you could tell
1: yeah exactly
0: oh and as long as you're a giant channel um you won't say anything yeah but you know if you were most of the uh, what they say is if you're where On your channel, where most of the, you know, ad revenue is actually split up among between 100 and 300,000 views or subscribers. That's where they're ripping people off with saying, well, we don't know who's watching. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's crazy, man. I just don't even know what to do with, with videos anymore. Like no clue. It's just, it's weird. I half wonder sometimes, and it, it kind of go against the, the whole community thing. But if it's like, just don't allow commenting and just don't give and don't look at analytics. Like I half wonder if maybe that's, maybe that's going to be the new approach and just film whatever the heck I want, do it however I want and don't care like zero feedback. Like thank you, no thank you. You know? Maybe if maybe if I just did that. Because it, like, you know, you, you get all these whiny whiny complaining people and you have to, I, I don't know. It it's annoying like blocking like 5 to 10 people every single day who are whining about something. It's like it's like I'm a therapist for nincompoops and they they're coming to me for their therapy session. It's like, "Dude, shut up." Uh, this is not why I put this video out here. If you hate everything about what I just said, that's fine. Don't do it. I'm not forcing you. I'm showing you what I've experienced, what I've learned. That's all I'm doing here. Maybe I'm going to try that. Maybe I'll try that from, for a little while. Just zero comments. Love. The one bummer is and that kind of hurts your your algorithm, they say. But maybe it doesn't. I don't know.
0: Tell you what. Make a video, pick out one of these trolls, have a conversation on, you know, in the comment section, what is it that you want? What would be the perfect, simple little live video for you? Right? Mm -hmm. And you throw together, you know, seven minute video just for little Bobby. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: (laughs) And you say in the video, you tell, you know, quickly at the beginning and then at the end, um why you're doing what you're doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I was getting sick of trolls, but I decided I'm just going to make one video just for one viewer. Cause that's what these idiots expect. That mm-hmm. The uh, YouTube creator is just going to make a video just for you. Yeah. Um, well, here it is. And yeah. when you don't like it, please go to this guy's and g- give out their social media. Yeah. And, and thank them.
1: Yeah. That's actually a good idea. No, I literally left that comment like two days ago to a guy. What did he say? I, I went and whenever I hear comments, I, I'm always like, okay, maybe this is feedback, right? So very often, and he's like, seriously, tripod, please. Can't even watch this. And I'm like, oh, and so right away, I was like, maybe it was way too shaky. So I went back and watched it and it was fine. It, I had a couple handheld shots, but they weren't bad. Nothing like... The ones I did on my sandblast cabinet, I had um, I was shooting that in 4K, and so it was cropped, and then you, there's no image stabilization in 4K with that camera, and so some of those ones were really shaky, like it is shaky footage. But I'm like, I don't care, I'm putting it up anyways, um, and then and so I commented back to this guy, and I was like, oh, absolutely for sure what other ways can I do to make to tailor this video specifically to your viewing preferences, please? My channel exists to serve you. I'd love to know awaiting your reply. And it's like, who do do you think you are? But that's actually a good idea. If I get if I get the right one that has enough. Some of these guys that that tell you what you should do, they'll put like three or four or five points. Yeah, And so maybe I'll do that. I'll do a video and I'll hit every one of them. And And it'll
0: be such a disjointed, stupid video. Mm Hmm. And then you just blame little Bobby one two three, and tell everybody, oh, yeah, down in the comment. Yeah. Go, go thank them, will you?
1: Yeah. No, that's a good idea. I like that, Todd. Good idea.
0: <laughs> Unleash the simple <laughs> little live army.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh. Uh- <laughs> I like that.
0: <laughs> Don't do that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Well, anything else you want to hit off on this podcast?
0: I was gonna, but I won't.
1: Oh no, go ahead.
0: Oh no, 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 no.
1: Okay, write it down. We'll do it next time.
0: No, no. Oh. Probably best if I don't voice that out loud. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, you know, because I I don't know if it'd be a good great good idea for the um for relationships in general in the knife making community and can-am soup specifically to mention that man it's a great thing (laughs) for (laughs) a a content creator to thank you for such a awesome shout out in one of your videos right yeah on their podcast but then not you know reciprocate by giving your podcast a shout out oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, hey i want to thank jeremy civil life for you know giving my podcast a shout out and by the way when you're done watching that or listening to that why don't you go listen to some can-am soup? it's stupid but you'll be doing <laughs> That's
2: right.
0: and that would be the bestest most awesomest shout out ever if somebody came out and said man you got to go listen to this piece of crap
1: yeah you <laughs> <laughs> can't believe how stupid this podcast is check it out <laughs>
0: It would be so awesome.
1: That would be funny. Yeah, no, that's funny. I was like, ah, uh, uh, whatever. I yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> and, then, and then right away, like, um, Brian asked if I'd be on, on there, because they do the interview show as well. He's like Any time? He's been asked, he probably asked me five times to do an, an interview show with him, because I was on with all three of them. Brian, Brian and Ben Butler as like a guest for the regular show. And then Brian does these secondary shows, their interview stuff. But uh, I don't know. I haven't been, uh, I don't know. I've, I haven't been excited enough about knife making. I feel like I get on there and I they'd be asking about knife making. And I'd be like, nah, yeah, it's my job now. If we talk about something else. <laughs> no,
0: just get, off, get on there and be like. I don't know what I, what, what I notice in the knife community, is it even a thing anymore? Yeah. You know, are people really excited about knife making anymore? I mean, come on. Come yeah. On. All right, really?
1: Yeah. It kind of seems that way. Hey, just
0: don't bash it, but don't, you know, don't make it seem like it's a thing.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't do that either.
2: Ah, uh, uh, yes.
0: Just troll your own people.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. <sighs> right home. Nice. Oh,
0: I don't even know why I have such a jaded opinion of the knife makers right now. As I look down at this thing in front of me. Oh, that's it. That's why.
1: Mm. <sighs> yeah, yeah, It's no good. <sighs> Anyways, I should uh, probably get to work. You gotta get ready for your big thingy good luck yep. with that by the way
0: oh i I'm not worried
1: yeah know <clears throat> fun stuff I mean, s-
0: l- seriously, I know mean, legally there's even if the court tried to do something, they can't mm-hmm. my lawyer would just be like like mm, no, yeah, and then I not that it would matter because they wouldn't have anything to do with the case I was involved in, but I know one of the judges on the administrative court that the appeal would go to.
2: Hmm.
0: So just saying, Yep. So I, right now I think I know how that panel thinks. You know? hmm. Cause I worked with that judge for a very long time. Hmm. And how they're still a judge. I don't know. Cause they have such a common sense approach to things.
1: It's crazy, eh? Yeah,
0: they're like, they fired you. I mean, were you working? Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you go to work and work? Or did you go to work and just collect a paycheck? Because if it's that second one, you know, you're wasting your time here. Mm. You've already been paid.
2: Yeah.
1: Right on. Well, thanks a lot, Todd. It's good chatting with you again. Absolutely. And thank you. And
0: all your listeners out there, while you're at work, not working, and you're just ripping your boss <laughs> off for a bunch of salary money, why don't you listen to Can Am Soup?
1: There you go. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Y'all have a good week. Take care.